1: Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Michael Duff to my Steve Cooper. It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. And ladies and gentlemen, this is an emergency pod because you know (laughs) what? We're the Second Tier Podcast. Do you think we're going to let you go through a whole Tuesday without giving you some reaction to two managers being sacked? Two managers, Justin! Two managers, two managers in one night in the space of about an hour. It's incredible. It was. It was unbelievable. I I didn't even find out about the Mowbray sacking until this morning. I saw the Michael Duff one and thought, oh, yeah, we should probably talk about that. And then I saw your text this morning saying, fucking Mowbray's gone as well. It's honestly, it, it took me by surprise, mainly because I was still
0: reading from the duff sacking, and then they announced Tony Mowbray Sunderland announced Tony Mowbray has gone. It was, yeah, it's, it, well, I say it's, it's incredible. Do you think Sunderland saw Swans' announcement and gone, oh shit, we better make a decision here?
1: No, I thought because they're both cowards, they thought that we'd do it late at night to try and bury the news so it doesn't get in the morning's papers <laughs> and really mess everyone up. But not us, not here at the second tier. We have got you covered, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll give you some reaction, I guess, to to massive sackings in the championship. I guess we'll start with uh, Mowbray first, Justin, as mm. Sunderland. He's gone after two wins from nine. Uh, what, what have you made of this one? It was, I, I don't know whether
0: to be surprised or not surprised about this one. I think mainly because there was a lot of speculation. summer, wasn't there about him being yeah. replaced by, um, I can't remember the chap's name, was the Italian manager, who's now the manager of Nice and doing very, very well. Yeah. It was linked a lot with, with Sunderland, but yeah, there was a lot of speculation surrounding Mowbray then. Um, so there's there's not really a surprise that he's gone now because results and performances have really started to dip and have really been um yeah quite quite uh, eyebrow raising i guess in terms of how poor they have been results wise since the October international break really so there's not really a surprise there but then again you you look back at his record last season or something and what he did with them and how much he improved the players and as well as that I, I was disappointed that they weren't able to replace ross Stewart or bring in a striker who had experience, I think that's really held them back in terms of where they can go this season under Mowbray. So, but that at the end of the day, it's a results game business. It's always going to be the case. And, and unfortunately, it's fallen far out of that.
1: Yeah, and then based off what you were saying then, with Mowbray being seemingly under pressure when all these rumours were there mm. in the summer, it always seemed like as soon as Sunderland went through a bad run of form, Mowbray may not be longing for this world. And that that was always the sense I got. So it's come to pass. He has been incredibly unlucky because the lack of a striker has really killed Sunderland this season. The fact that they haven't been able to replace Ross Stewart and they've basically been having to rely on youngsters up front, really, haven't they? So that's been one bit. But another thing is, even though they've only won two games from nine, if you look at the underlying data, they've actually played really well recently, but the results just haven't gone their way. So he's been incredibly unlucky, especially after the job he did last season, Justin, which I think we should give him full credit for. Absolutely. He did a cracking job last season.
0: And with the second youngest squad last season he's got the youngest squad again this season so let's, we've got to really shine a light on how how much of an achievement that is because that's a really difficult thing to do in in leading a team to the playoffs despite having one of the youngest teams in the division you've got to be a really switched on coach and I think he's shown that with the likes of Adam Armstrong, Ben Barrington, Diaz, Lewis Travis all those players coming through at Blackburn in recent years and how good he is at improving the kids and, and getting a first team ready and he's done the same this season because I think Dan Neal has come on in leaps and bounds. Anthony Patterson is arguably one of the most consistent keepers in the division. Um, Pierre Eckworth. The, the list goes on at Sunday. I even last... mentioned
1: Jack Clark. Justin, he's turned Jack Clark into arguably the best player in the division this season. And
0: and again, you've got to really really shout from the rooftops at how much of a job that is because Jack Clark's career, to be fair, was going absolutely nowhere until Tony Mowbray got a hold of him. He had some form under Alex Neil, but I think Tony Mowbray's really taken him to that level. Um, so I think it's a brave decision in in, in that aspect. But it's clear that Sunderland have got a lot of ambition, and the results haven't been aligning with that ambition. And they're going to go for a manager who they who they think can can push that team into the into the top six. And I think there's a possibility of doing that. But the inexperience does make me a little bit nervous. And I, and I do think Tony Mowbray was probably the best manager for the situation they had in terms of the playing squad that they've got.
1: Maybe. My thinking is with Sunderland, because they did such a cracking job last season and the squad there is one that I really rate. There are so many players there who I think are amongst the best in the division and in their individual positions, even though it is such a young squad. I look at that and think they should really be in the top six at the very least, in my opinion, maybe even challenging for the top two. Admittedly, the lack of a striker and injuries has really held them back this season. But I think the point still remains. With Mowbray, I never thought they would be in a position to actually get promoted. I know that's harsh because of what a brilliant job he's done. And I don't yeah. think you can really take that away from him. I think another manager, though, could really take Sunderland to the next level. And as you say, Sunderland are a very ambitious club, as we know. So it'll be interesting to see who they get in. Um but I feel like a new manager could take them to the next level. I may being naive here, Justin, and maybe Mowbray is just a safe pair of hands. But I think Sunderland want more than just a safe pair of hands.
0: I think you're right in what you're saying on, on both aspects. Tony Mowbray is a very safe pair of hands. He's shown that with Blackburn. He's shown that with Sunderland over the last two, his two his two jobs specifically. Um, and what he can do with the the tools that he's got. He's not a manager who you need to grant Several million pounds to go out and spend. He can work with what he's got and, and do a damn good job um, at, at what he's working with. That being said, Sunderland are in this position where they they do have big big uh, big ambition, um, and they clearly feel that Tony and Brobery and he has he's left this club and this team in a really really healthy position, albeit some inconsistencies this season. So whoever's going to come in has got a really nice platform to build off. Um, yeah. And I don't think you can credit Tony Mowbray enough for, for putting him in that position. And I think as well as I really want to say, he's, he's a really, really good guy. His press conferences are fantastic. Um, he's just a really good personality to have around the place. And, uh, and that is going to be a big miss as well for Sunderland. Um, but this is, what it, this is what football is about. Your next decision is your biggest decision. Because if you don't get it right, it's a, it's a problem. It's a big problem.
1: What do you think next for Mowbray? Do you reckon he could move upstairs perhaps?
0: That's a good shout, actually, because he does fit the bill in terms of his, you know, his ability to improve um, teams, players, his ability to integrate young players into the first team. That being said, I do think he's got a lot of value still to offer at first team level. Um, and I know he's, he, he took on the Sunday job because he wanted to move back closer to home because he's, he's got kids, etc. So whether or not he takes a job because uh, there are some jobs in and around the championship who that, that might interest him, um, but he might want some time off. But then again, he's, he's he's a football man. He wants to be involved. But I think a move upstairs would suit him at some point, definitely, because he's, he ticks all the boxes. He'd really he just tick, or tick all the
1: boxes. Yeah, I think he'd be a cracking appointment for any lower mid-table championship side. And I think he would take them to the next level. I don't, I, I don't think he gets you beyond a certain level, but I think as far as, you know, Doing the job that he's bought in for. I think Mowbray does that. And I, I would still like to see him in the dugout again sooner rather than later. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Let's go to Swansea then. They have sacked Michael Duff after one win from eight. It's the first time they've sacked a manager since 2017, which is why I think I was a bit surprised about this one. I think I was certainly more surprised about the Duff one than Mm -hmm. the Mowbray sacking. Having said that, from what I'm seeing from Swansea fans, Swansea journalists, people who see Swansea on a regular basis, they'll tell you that this has been coming, Justin.
0: Yeah, it's been absolutely fair. And obviously, I've been swimming against that tide because I believe Michael Duffy is a good manager. Um, but quite rightly, results haven't been good enough and performances haven't been good enough, good enough either. I'm just looking at the data at the moment, which I know is uh, sceptical, but it doesn't look too healthy. They do concede a fair few chances and as well as that they're only mid-table for creating chances as well. So it's it's not the, the most productive position to be in in terms of trying to create a sustained set of results for a manager. Um I think a, a lot of what's worked against him as well is 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 essentially his own PR. He's not a very good PR man. He doesn't he sure. doesn't create a good atmosphere for himself and I think his his post but I mean we're just talking about Tony Mo being a really good personality. I think Michael Duff needs to work on that a little bit because his post match press is I've essentially worked against him, I think, in this regard, because I do think he will be a success in the championship. I do think he's got the ability to do it. And I really do rate him highly. And I know there's a lot of people who rate him highly as well. Um, but clearly, this the culture aspect of Swansea City. just didn't click. It just never clicked. And obviously, Michael Duff saying everything he said in post-match presses, the big one being obviously the Cardiff result. It's... Um, it's it's just worked against him and I, and I think he's, he's fallen foul of that and obviously um, going back to culture, culture is important and it's, it's just not worked out for him at uh, Swansea.
1: Yeah, the quote you're referring to there is him saying that when he came up to the South Wales Derby, he was saying, um, essentially, I'm going to paraphrase here, do I care about winning the South Wales Derby? No, as long as we get promoted. And at mm. the time... Swansea were in the relegation zone and people were saying, why are you talking about promotion? You're doing awfully this season. And yeah, his, his comments haven't endeared him to Swansea fans and the football hasn't helped either. I did think when the appointment was made that it was a strange one because he has gone from playing what he was playing at Cheltenham, which was very direct to Barnsley, where it was a, It wasn't as direct, but still rather direct, to coming in at Swansea, where he was replacing Russell Martin, who, as we know, is, you know, slow, intricate passing. Mm -hmm. Just very much in contrast to what Michael Duff has been playing so far in his career. And if you look at how they have been playing so far, it has been similar to... I say similar. They are still playing, you know, slow passing, but you've got a manager here who doesn't really know how to get the best out of that style at play. He's trying to do what's best for the players because that's what they've been used to for the past couple of years. So I do think Michael Duff is a good manager. He did a great job at Cheltenham, did a great job at Barnsley as well. In fact, I would go as far as to say he's a very good manager. I think it was just the wrong club. I think
0: that can happen, can't it? You can, you can as a manager, pick the wrong club. Um, and as a, as a club, you can pick the wrong manager. We know that can happen countless times. But I think at the end of the day, for me, I would have, I would have maybe just allowed him a little bit more time to try and get his style of play across. And well, as you said, in, I
1: think, I think the fans had just completely yeah. made their mind up at that point. And maybe the players had as well.
0: That might, that might well be the case. And I think that, that ability to, to, to really, or inability, sorry, to transition to what I think his style of play is, is probably, is it, it, cocked up for him. Um, He's not been able to really nail in what he wants to do, which at Barnsley last season, I know it was in League One, um, but they had a big transition in, in, in squad and he had a very simplistic style of play where it was you know, three at the back quite a lot of the times. It was high-pressing, high, um, high pressing, aggressive, front-foot, energetic style of play. Um, and we just haven't seen it from Swansea. At no point have I looked at Swansea performance and gone, that's everything Michael Duff wants. There's been a couple of occasions where we've seen glimpses of it but it's never been a collective performance, and again, if 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 the fans can't see it, they're not going to be convinced. And ultimately, if the the fans aren't convinced, it's going to start creating noise around the club. And clearly, I think since that Cardiff game, there's been a a bit of a a bit of a beacon on him to to really really get the club and team going. It just hasn't. It's just the thing. It's just not been inspiring it's
1: before hasn't it, Justin? I think but we've not really seen any signs from Swansea fans that they've been particularly convinced by Michael Duff. Yeah.
0: Well, it's just not been inspiring at all during his tenure. And if you don't get the, uh, if you don't convince the supporters in that first sort of few games, it's going to be very difficult. And then you make the comments that you make, and then results don't back it up. It's um, it becomes a very very slippery slope. And unfortunately, Duffers, he's got ice skates on.
1: Yeah, he has got ice skates on. And the, 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 the most uh, one of the most surprising aspects to this is Swansea's track record with managers has been incredible over the Mm. past few years, aren't it? I don't think there's one that comes close to it at this level. You think Graham Potter, Steve Cooper, Russell Martin, and then Michael Duff. I didn't think it was completely out of that mold. I didn't think it was one where you're going, oh, that seems a bit off compared to the rest of them, but it just didn't work. Did it? May I speculate, Justin, could Michael Duff be back in work very quickly? Because... I tell you what, I think he'd be an amazing appointment for Rotherham. He,
0: he would, he would. He, uh, I do think that would be a perfect fit because obviously they've they've been looking at Nathan Jones. There's been reports of him turning down the job or nothing's concrete at the moment. Obviously, they haven't appointed anybody yet, but it's clearly they're going for a high-pressing, aggressive style. And Michael Duff ticks those, ticks those boxes. And I think that squad as well is probably better equipped to handle that transition than Swansea were, obviously going from Russell Martin Ball to... Duff ball as we want to coin it very difficult transition to make but I think Matt Taylor wanted to play that uh, front foot high pressing style of play didn't quite work out I think Michael Duff can come in and, and, and really chip away at uh, chip away at that and possibly turn the relegation battle on its head
1: I think he really would I, I think that would be such a good appointment for rather than perhaps perhaps even better than Nathan Jones as an appointment mm. on. Not sure if I'll if I'll agree with that sentiment in a few months' time, but I just think that would be ideal for everyone involved. It obviously depends how much the Duff man wants to get back into football, whether he wants to take a bit of time out. I won't blame him, but I think that would just be a lot of boxes ticked from a Rotherham perspective. So, if Nathan Jones has turned them down and they're left, you know, scrambling around trying to find a replacement, get get michael duff on the line because i think that would be absolutely perfect for everyone involved but there we go ladies and gentlemen this has been an emergency pod from us reacting to two sackings in the Championship. Michael Duff at Swansea and Tony Mowbray at Sunderland. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll be back on Thursday to give you even more reaction to who's potentially coming in next there Uh, and any other bits and pieces that have happened in the news in the Championship for the past few days, as well as looking ahead to the weekend in the second tier. So we look forward to seeing you then. This has been the Second Tier Podcast. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. And a big thank you Thank you for listening. Second Tier is a
2: stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.